up? Welcome to Set the Table Episode 3, in which we talk about players, and mostly problem players. I am John, and with me, my co-host is Jack. How's it going, eh? How's it going? We could do uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie impressions. Nobody knows Bob and Doug McKenzie. That's from like 100 years ago. It's not 100 years. I'm 25, and I know it. God, that That's because terrible. your parents are children of the 80s, and they forced you to watch a bunch of <laughs> 1980s stuff. I but, don't know. Maybe that contributes positively. That's the random tip for today is watch 80s movies. Make your kids watch 80s movies, yeah. Um, so this is Set the Table, a podcast brought to you in part by Red Hoodie Games, where uh, Jack and I talk about running tabletop role-playing games well. Um, lots of people run tabletop games Lots of people play RPGs, and still more and more people are asking, how do I do that? What do I do? How do I start? Um, so far, we have talked about all of that where-do-you-even-begin stuff. Uh, we've talked about your first session, which is called Session Zero, and we've talked about picking uh, what system you want to play, what genre uh, of tabletop roleplay game you want to play. So at this and, point, and we didn't do it. I mean, we we did a, a a fairly good job of kind of laying out the the landscape, but that list in episode two was nowhere near exhaustive. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, so if you ever are curious, just go ahead and and look look for games yourself, right? Could do that. Or listen to episode two and then complain at us that we didn't pick your favorite game. Yeah, if we get enough complaints, we could do another episode where we talk about all of the forgotten systems. Yeah, like tunnels and trolls. <laughs> well, start the list. Okay, forgotten um, systems. So uh, today we are talking about players, trouble players, um, metagamers, the min-maxers. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? You skipped it again. I didn't skip it. You skipped it. It's below, but we can move it. Yeah, we should move it. All Before right. we get rolling about talking about players, what did you play last week or in the two weeks since we recorded? Uh, Well, <clears throat> I have played... Uh, my D&D my &D group has come back together, so we've gotten to get back into that. We are playing 5th edition. Um. My party recently discovered the cause of lots of what they have been doing in the campaign thus far, and they got to talk to somebody and ask lots of questions, um, and now they are acting on a wealth of new information, including assaulting a demon village in the mountains. Did you play D&D this week? No, you didn't. We did not. So my, my group has... Uh, been taking a break. Our DM has uh, been doing an amazing job of making every single session, even through the holidays, um, which is very challenging for a dungeon master. And he kind of wanted to have a break. How, so, how long has your group been running? Uh, four years. Oh wow! Okay, I'm at yeah. a year and a half, and I'm I'm pretty proud thus far. 
Yeah, I, I joined the group two two years ago, and it had already been running for two years when I joined in. Nice. Um, but so he wanted a little bit of a break, and I got my I have I kickstarted the Alien RPG from Free League Publishing, and I was dying to give it a try. And a bunch of the other folks in my group are big uh, Ridley Scott fans, and they love the Alien franchise. Uh, so we played a, uh, we called it a one-off. It turned into a two-off. Basically, it was two <laughs> sessions. Um, we play about a three, Monday nights for three hours. Uh, so it was about five and a half hours of playtime. And we played the cinematic version of the game. The game comes in two flavors, uh, campaign for long adventures, and then cinematic for that. Um, I, I want to feel like I'm a character in an alien movie and, uh, gosh, did it. We, we played, uh, over roll 20. I got some background music from the original score, or I, actually I found some, uh, creative commons licensed music that was named after some of the sh places in, in the alien franchise. And it was sufficiently, moody and creepy and and it really set a really good tone uh everyone died at the by the end of the session everyone died but one character two characters two characters um the a character and a half a character and a half right because there was a one character was playing a synthetic uh a robot an android who didn't let in any of the other party members know he was an android of course when the xenomorph tried to tear him in half, yeah, that kind of <laughs> let the cat out of the bag. It's like, why are you know you just got doused with acid? Why aren't you melting? Oh, because you're made out of plastic. Hooray! Um, but it was very yeah. The the um, when we talk about how to set up a game, uh, there's a whole chapter uh, in the Free League publishing book about uh, pacing and how to run a cinematic campaign to make it feel like a movie. And if you, I followed their directions uh, just to see how good they were. And it, it did. It felt, it felt like an Aliens movie. There, were, there was some downtime when the party was walking around, and we don't really know what's going on, and everything's really quiet, and we're kind of bored. And then all of a sudden, hey, there's a facehugger crawling over the console that you're typing on make a panic roll and the the that whole stress and panic system mechanic really fed into the game by the end of the game everyone was stressed out everyone not everyone but a lot of people were panicking right at the wrong time and that caused a lot of a lot of deaths and yeah. destruction and it's just it's just like the original alien movie as the crew, you know, the uh, the scene where Parker and Lambert are getting coolant and Lambert just freezes and she's staring at the alien and, you know, everyone's yelling, you know, Lambert, get out of the way. You're like, move, do something. Why are you staring at that alien? And and uh, we had a scene like that in the game, didn't we? We did. That was, uh, that was when I fell catatonic upon the uh the two xenomorphs hopping down before we got on the ship 
So right at the, I got to I played in this as well. Uh, we talked about that a little bit uh, at the beginning of session two, um, and I played Morgan Hirsch, a ex retired well a retired marine, an ex marine uh, who now works as a a maintenance person. Um, yeah. And uh, right at the end there, I had I had been I'd been the the gunner the whole time, so I was the guy shooting away. People would hand the guns to me. Um, I metagamed a little bit, and we can talk about that a little later. Um, and at the end, after being a hot shot Xeno Slayer, I rolled my panic and got to be catatonic, and so I was on the floor staring into nothingness while my party was murdered around me um so that was good that was a lot of fun yeah and and had we continued to play of course that's the cinematic version so that that game is over those those characters those were all pre-generated characters anyway um but had we played another session you would have started the session with a severe mental trauma right because of the 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 level of stress that poor uh, Gunny Hirsch experienced and falling catatonic while all these other people are dying around him, uh, you would start the session by rolling on the uh, mental trauma table, and you would have you would have adopted that as part of your role play. So either a phobia, an addiction, um, right. We ended up going with uh, phonophobia, the phonophobia. Fear of loud sounds. So yeah. I was jumpy uh, in the ship, but the android stayed half alive enough to get us out. Yep. So Monday, I think we're going back to D and D. Excellent. I go back to my scary Smurf Neblin bard who terrorizes people with her uh, words of terror and fear spell. She's pretty good. She's very scary. I, I like her. So, uh, we're talking... So, I mentioned uh, metagaming. And metagamers aren't necessarily trouble players um, until they are. <laughs> so, uh, well, it, it depends on your group, right? I mean, so, we should define metaga uh, metagamer for those that don't know what that is, right? right? I, I don't want to. I don't want to jump that far. I was oh, just using that I'm as sorry. a segue. It's okay. Um, or do we just want to talk about troubled players in general? Well, we should talk about finding players first. Um, we talked a little bit about it in episode one, but I don't know that we talked about it enough. Okay. Um. At least, well, at least in terms of more specific resources, right? So. Where can people go to find, like, tabletop games online? So do you want to do online or in-person or both? We'll do both, but I think online is probably Start with online. more accessible to, to people. So online, if you play in using one of the platforms, like Roll20 or Astral, uh, they usually have a looking for players uh, system. So you yes. can go right to roll20.com. 
com dot net roll twenty. I dot com. I just put in roll twenty in Google and it goes. Yep, um, roll twenty dot com. And you can search for a game. And there are there are GMs running games that are open to the public, and you can just I want to play sci-fi. I want to play western. I want to play. Let's. I know you. Let's. Uh, I'll do it right now, just for giggles. Sure. I'll go. I'll go to roll twenty. So while you're doing that, um, you can also uh, go to reddit.com/r/lfg. Uh, LFG stands for Looking for Group. And you will be able to find people either you can post and look for a game or scroll and look for somebody looking for somebody to join a game. Um, and that is all sorts of tabletop RPGs, although a majority of it is 5e that I've seen. So I'm on the Roll20 website and I smushed the join a game button and I got a friendly form that asks me what kind of game I want to join. A friendly form, eh? A friendly form. And there's three checkboxes. Uh, only find games that welcome new players. Uh, only find games that are free to play. And then show games with mature content. And uh, then when you click on the play any of these games it is the list of um game genres it's basically the our episode two but they didn't is forget it really? anybody it, <laughs> it's yeah it it scrolls on and on and on uh um, is roll 20.net uh so D, &D there's D, D on here three five four e five e dungeon crawl classics um Dungeon uh, Eclipse Phase, which is a sci-fi game. Fate, the AGE system, so that's your Blue Rose, Dragon Age, the Fiasco, GURPS. Like I'm halfway down. There's Harry Potter, um, Marvel Heroes, Munchkin, Munchkin roleplay game, Pokemon roleplay game, Pathfinder. Right. Yeah, I'm just scrolling. I'm still scrolling. I'm gonna stop scrolling. All right. I'm gonna look for vampire games. There are pickup games too that update every thirty seconds. On the right hand like side, happening yeah. tonight in like twenty eight minutes, I could play D and D. Fifth edition. Yep. Yep. And right. I I picked the Vampire the Werewolf, and there is a uh, Vampire the Werewolf game that's welcoming new players, and they play again Friday the thirty first. Um. And oh, cool. it's text only, so it tells you all about it. So, so yeah. So, online resources. There's a lot of places to play. There's also uh, RPG Geek. So the Board Game Geek oh, yeah. website is is kind of the mecca, the the holy grail of board game websites. Uh, they have a sister site called RPG Geek, uh, and that's a place where you can go and do a looking for group to find both online and in-person games. Excellent. Um, speaking of in-person games, where do you go to find a game if you want to play in person, which is indisputably better than playing online? Go to your friendly local game store. <laughs> go there. Go there. I, 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 I love FLGSs. <laughs> Absolutely love them. Uh, I wish there were more of them. Um, 
it's a that sector of the retail business is a hard business to be in. Uh, those stores need patronage to stay active and running. So go to your FLGS, please, please, please. Friendly local game store. That's the place to be. And then the other place is the board game role play game cafe. So there's one in my home away from home in Dayton, Ohio, called uh, D20. It is a bar, right? They serve uh, draft beer, and one side of the room is a whole bunch of roll, uh, games, board games. Nice. You can just, you buy a beer, you sit down, and you can pull Settlers of Catan off the shelf or Carcassonne and just play the game. Excellent. Um, the other side of the room is comfy chairs, sofas, coffee tables, and a bookcase full of role-play game rule books. You have That's to bring awesome. your own dice, um, but and it's there's uh, every time I've been in there, there hasn't been a cover like they don't they don't want obviously don't want you to bring in your own food and beverages, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like a, okay you got to buy a beer every hour while you're sitting here playing games and stuff. I've right. I bought a beer and sat there for three hours, I think, uh, playing a game, a one-player game, and it was just wicked chill and relax. Nice. There, there is one of those in Burlington, Vermont, that just opened up. Oh, very cool. I don't, I don't know its name. I, I was supposed to check it out last two weekends ago, and I never did. So. Well, that's all right. There's sometime probably... in February. There's probably one during uh, in a town or city near you, so uh, look for that. Yes, board uh, game cafes very they're becoming very very popular. And then the the last one that I think we want to mention is uh, play with your family and friends. I mean, if they haven't ever played before, this is a great way for you to be able to just spend some time with people that you like hanging out with. Or manufacture them, make your children play. <laughs> Yes, make friends. Make friends responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> Manufacture um, PCs responsibly. So put that on a T-shirt. Somebody write that one down. Um, Which one? Manufacture your PCs responsibly. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking. We started to segue. By talking about meta players, meta gamers, meta gamers, yeah, um, and and the the bulk of tonight's episode is going to be uh, trouble players and sort of how you can better manage the people at your table. Um, so a trouble player, in short, is someone who causes trouble, right? Duh, uh, but is not always a problem. Uh, it's something. That can be fun if everyone at the table is on board with their shenanigans. But you want to just watch it so that it doesn't develop into something uh, that is impeding the fun of the game. Uh, It could be something as small and benign as somebody who shows up 10-15 minutes late to every section. Or something else smaller, like they're on their phone a lot and you have to cue them to have them pay attention. Um, or it can be more 
moderately dangerous things like metagaming, jokesters, uh, to, to potentially really serious stuff that you might have to deal with, uh, like members or players uh, like sexually harassing another player or somebody who is too aggressively threatening and takes the game too seriously. Um, somebody who might want to hurt other people in your group, like legitimate real-life threats. Um, so let's start on the, the lighter end of that. Um, and we'll start about the easiest thing, perhaps the easiest thing to deal with. Uh, what if someone's late? I show up 15 minutes late to Alien. What happens? I didn't, by the way. I was you, on time. But you're dead. You're, you're dead? You're dead. You're oh, dead. Wow. Oh, sorry. The Xenomorph was chasing us, and since you weren't here, you didn't say I'm running away, so you're dead. No, oh, I'm, I'm teasing. Um, I mean, you could an Alien, though. It it depends on the... It it depends on the so so a lot of like you like you were saying at the beginning, trouble player and I'm doing the you know air quotes here trouble players, um, create trouble. They're 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 a negative when they are impeding the group. Yes. Right. So if you have a player who's always late, ten minutes late, ten fifty minutes late, they're always late. It just you know, that that character is just going to go along with the group because their player's not paying attention, right? Sure. Um, sure. And that's like, hey, we can go down the left-hand passage where we can hear running water, or we can go down the right-hand passage where we just heard someone scream. Okay, we're going to take a vote. Well, you know... Um, Jason, Doctor Sig isn't isn't is Doctor Sig's player isn't with us, so Doctor Sig doesn't get a vote. She just follows along with with the group. Um, and I mean the other the other thing too is you could ask. That's a lot yeah. of a, a lot of this. Like, how do you deal with a troubled player or a trouble player? Um, is going to be communication communicate with the hu the person and see hey we are already at six well you know i get out of work at 5 30 and by the time i get home and change and let my dog out it's it's 6 10 and and it's like okay so how about we back up to 6 20 like we'll we'll start at 6 20 yeah. uh, or we'll start at 6 30 like whatever whatever that um balance between getting people there on time um of course there are people who are just you know you tell them to, to show up at you you have that play i tell that player to show up at 5 30 because i know they're not really going to be ever be there until six because if i told them six they'd be there at 6 30 if i told them seven they'd be there at 10 sure. that kind of thing i um, had somebody who uh was showing up late when we started playing and uh, I I just asked him about it. And he was like, I, I just, I, I can't get home before then. Like, it takes me a half an hour to walk from here to there. And I, I just, I can't do it. So uh, we just pushed the session back 15 minutes. Problem yep. solved. Problem solved. Um, the the in-game, I like the in-game repercussions as a potential solution for that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, your character 
was asleep at the inn and the rest of your party left that morning and now you have to find them creates something interesting if it's like a one-time thing and it's not bothersome um but if it starts to become more bothersome uh detrimenting the fun of the group um do they really want to play um you can write a cool way for them to back out if they're like hey i've just got too much going on right now um the answer to all of these is going to be talk to them about it <laughs> more or less almost all of them yeah i mean it's going to be talk to them or invite them to play somewhere else sure. i mean that's the extreme that's that's the the far extreme right a lot of a lot of your troubled player troubling players or troubled behaviors of players um are gonna you're gonna you're going to address uh with communication um and then once you've communicated you can do things like change the nature of the game maybe they're not maybe they don't enjoy the character that they're playing and that's why they're late it's like yeah you know i really thought i wanted to play a gunslinger but there are no magic pistols in in our realm and we're fighting ghosts and oh. i just you know i'm range dps and it's i'm throwing half damage at every single thing i'm shooting at and i'm just not having a good time and the party's mad at me and yeah. <laughs> i don't want to role play that anymore i want to be more effective as a as a member of the group totally right so um, so uh what about what about phones because you've talked about this one before for sure yeah um i well i play a lot online so i can't see if people are using their phones or not um you know they are when i play live i i'm not a big fan of phones but i'm not i'm also not like a, a phone like you have to put your phone in a basket or if if you touch your phone um but it, and again that's that's a balancing act because if if folks are okay you guys are pre-flighting the spaceship and the aliens are chasing you and somebody's welding the door shut and oh my gosh a face hugger has dropped out of the vent um on the person running the welder and three people look up from their phone and go oh are, are we in combat now that i get a i get a little like come on gang yeah i as as the game mother and i love that the in alien it's mother you're the mother um you know again i like to solve things in game so that one face hugger that it says in the module becomes three nice right they, i could they weren't paying attention when I read that one face hugger dropped down. So maybe I can get away by saying, you know, well, the, so the three face huggers. And if someone's paying attention, they go, wait a minute, you said one. Then it's like, okay, maybe it's one, maybe it's three. <laughs> you know, you, you saw this amorphous blob drop down from the ceiling. Uh, Make an but observation. Yeah, role. I, I like to handle things in the game um, to try and modify behaviors outside the game. Sure. That's that's as a as a GM. That's kind of where I head to. I could have made more use of that welding torch. Yeah. It's it's beyond us now. It, yep. Um. So we talked so we, about. Oh, go ahead. No, I I was I was we talked about late players. Yep. And 
at the beginning of this, we kept throwing around this meta gamer um, noun. Do you want to move there next? Is that? Let me check my yeah. show notes. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we've said meta gamer a couple times now. Um, it, we should define that. Uh, yes. Meta gamer is someone who thinks about the game as if they were not in the world as their character. Um, they think about the game as the player, not as the character. So, for so instance, Mr. GM, I just cut this orc on a on a scale of uh, one to seventeen. How much damage? <laughs> how damaged does he look? Like if, if he was hurt. <laughs> Right? How many hit points damage did I right? I just rolled the dice and I rolled six points of damage, right? So on a scale of one, and I know he's a two hit dice monster, so he can't have more than seventeen hit points or eighteen hit points. So on you know, on a scale of one to eighteen, how hurt does he look? That's metagaming, right? Yeah. And that's not egregious metagaming, but that's that's where it starts, right? Right. <laughs> um so a wizard, if the, the character, the wizard, doesn't know that the fireball spell does the damage that it, like, how much damage a fireball does, you know? Um, like you said, uh, a fighter slashes an orc. They don't know how hurt that orc feels. Um, they just sort of do all of that. And so a metagamer uh, can be it can it can be comical like that right if you know the creature you're fighting has 12 hit points hey on a scale of one to 12 yuck 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 um i imagine dms probably just won't answer that right it it depends um <laughs> i usually don't answer that i try uh -huh. to answer it with uh descriptors of observational information that the character would be able to right to see and notice there, like there's a there is a there's a welt on the side of his face and he's got ragged breathing or he's yeah you can see armor oozing out from under his or blood oozing out from under his armor armor uh, oozing out from under his blood yeah that's well he's really really hurt right the clone has one less arm, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, that that kind of stuff. Um, and and I and the other thing with metagaming too, and, and this is one thing. This is one of the reasons I don't necessarily fifth edition isn't my one of my favorite systems. Um, is that there are other role play game systems where combat is fast. Right, I'm thinking Savage Worlds. Right, you you have your initiative card. They use a deck of playing cards for initiative. You know, everyone flips their card over. I know when I'm going to to fight. I get to do one thing, and when it's my turn, I have to say the one thing that I'm doing. Right, sure. I'm shooting. I'm swinging my sword. I'm ducking for cover. I'm running away. Um, where in Fifth Edition, right, I've got uh, free actions and bonus actions and and when it's not my turn and I'm playing fifth edition I, I met a game I'll, I'll cop to it right I've got scratch paper right in front of me and I'm <laughs> looking through and I'm going okay that's an action that's a free action that's a bonus action I can do this this and this on this turn that doesn't really make a lot of sense right I'm 
where in in a a combat round is a span of six seconds and things are supposed to be happening one right after the other right the barbarian swung his axe the druids casting a spell my bard is gonna play play a song to heal everybody it's it's boom 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 and unfortunately um there's a there's a trope or a meme out there where you know a seven day walk in dungeons and dragons takes 10 minutes and a seven minute fight takes three sessions yep um so yeah i mean there's sometimes you just can't avoid it you can't avoid the metagame yeah i mean sometimes it's fine like when you said like planning out your turn ahead of time that's okay like that's what you would be doing mentally in those six seconds right i i think where where i start to to it loses the the fun for me is when on on my turn or on other people's turn it becomes a group like okay if the barbarian swings his axe that'll and distracts the the orc the druid can start casting the vine you know vine whip or whatever to try and grapple the orc and then okay now you cast your healing spell right Right. you if you're in a you know not that you people walk around looking to get into fist fights in bars but if you've ever been in a fight in real life even <laughs> with a group of people you're not coordinating like, like every that. single motion right right that guy's swinging i'm ducking i've got an opening i'm punching like it's it's very kind of fast and fluid and there are role play game systems that make that happen like what for instance so um, just one pick one <laughs> paranoia okay the, the new paranoia uh has a deck of cards so you are given action cards with gear and combat actions and when it's when it's time to fight everyone puts a card face down and it's one two three flip up nice right and and so then there isn't any of this oh you killed him well i don't want to punch him up or i want to shoot at him and waste ammo well you wouldn't it happened it happened all doing it at once you're all doing it at once flip the card see what's going on so that's 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 a really neat mechanic for that kind of stuff all right uh i agree that i also don't like that when the party is trying to break something down and it's like dude uh and so this is something as a dm that you can do you can just tell people to stop like hey the goblin is swinging at you there's another one in the trees knocking an arrow you can't really discuss what spell you want to use. You just have to pick one. And yeah. if people aren't responsive to that, you can say something as bluntly as, okay, the archer gets his turn. Be like, wait, no, it was my turn. It's like, you can't you can't wait 20 seconds in real life for something that would take, or even you know, two minutes in real life for something that is supposed to happen within the span of six seconds, effectively at the same time as everything else. So... It's okay to just stop it. I know DMs who have resorted to uh, a one-minute egg timer. Ooh. The little sand, right? Like, we, we've got a couple that have come with board games that have a time totally. element. Um, or a phone. This is one place where using your phone <laughs> uh, is valid. 
you put a one minute. Okay, there's there's one minute on the clock. When that dings, your turn's over. Go. So, the opposite side of this, because metagaming is tricky like that, where sometimes yeah. it's okay and sometimes it's not, is that last session near the end, one of my players, the uh, rogue monk hybrid who is the uh, big stealthy of the group uh, hiked up a mountain ridge and scouted the demon village that they are planning to assail in order to recover books that were stolen from a royal library. Now, the rogue got a really good look and she is bringing back valuable information to the group. At this point, where we ended the session, the party was going to camp for a long rest, and it's like early afternoon, so I kind of allowed it, where they'll wake up at about 10 p.m. to begin their infiltration. And not yesterday, not this morning, but yesterday morning, when I woke up, I had over a hundred texts between two members of my group talking about how they wanted to deal with this the village given the information that they there's a a large bird demon who sort of looks over things and can see to the walkable entrance the cliff that the rogue scouted is an 80 foot drop down into the the village proper there's a massive cave entrance that looks like it could have been uh, a dragon's lair and there are lesser demons carrying things in and out of the the dark of the cave um you know they they know the situation and i woke up to a ton of messages about how they want to handle it which i'm okay with because they're not breaking anything their players are all at a campsite for a few hours talking about hey how are we how are we going to get in here when there's hundreds of demons and we're only four people and two paladins so, that are stronger than we know. So they have shifted that instead of doing that RP during the session, they've shifted the game to their phones in text messages. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I would call metagaming. It's it certainly breaks immersion cuz you know, your paladin and your ranger aren't sitting there texting each other, but uh, yeah, but <laughs> they would be sitting by the fire talking and and that Exactly. Kind of... Yeah. It's yeah. very it's it's I don't know, it's heartwarming as a DM too. Um, and and sometimes it's it's not bad. Yeah. Um totally. because you might have a player who's unsure about a mechanic or a rule. Right. Yep. I uh, will recommend at this juncture, uh, if you don't have a D&D podcast that you're listening to, uh, go check out There Will Be Dungeons. And in the first 20 plus episodes of that, uh, one of the characters consistently has to ask questions, doesn't remember what to add to roles, that sort of thing. And, and that's Technically, it's metagaming, but that's okay, right? You're a learning player. You have valid questions. Um, yeah. So there, for me, there's a fine line between um, I'm new. I'm new. I don't know what to do, right? Uh, and 
yeah, I'm sitting at the table, but I'm not really paying attention. Right. Right. So we didn't our in in my Monday night group we really don't have that problem. Um everyone caught on really fast. If I take a fast action to aim my firearm, I get a plus two modifier when I roll my ranged combat roll. We didn't have to reiterate that over and over and over again, right? right. Um, and I have played in places where, um, we'll, we'll, we'll call him Sleepy Dan. Uh, Sleepy Dan was, it's like, okay, it's your turn. So what can I do? <laughs> uh, well, you're a, you're a ranger with a bow. You're 40 feet away from the goblins that we're fighting. <laughs> what, do you, what would you like to do? <laughs> um, can I run up to the goblins? <laughs> you can. Would you like to do that? I, I don't know, right? And it just yeah. it kept it, and and that was every single turn. Oof. What can I do? Well, you're a ranger with a bow, and you're forty feet away from the melee. Please fire an arrow. And, and 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 at that point, as a as a GM, and I was a player in that in that game, as as a fellow player, I'm wondering: is this guy having fun? Like, yeah. is he sitting at the table because he's he's lonely and he wants to sit at a table with other human beings? Um, is he mad that we didn't play the game he wanted to play and he's just kind of being a a, a breaker? Because uh, I I don't see that. Maybe that's coming on the in the show notes. Uh, the breaker. Yeah, but it's like pay attention, right? I like I said, scratch. I always have a piece of scratch paper and a pencil, and I'm taking notes, um, so that I can play my character correctly, right? Sure. Um, so that's we could probably do a whole episode on meta gaming, but let's not for okay. this one. Uh, there are people at your table who uh, are there, perhaps not the opposite of the Sleepy Dans, um, but these are the the Jokey Jakes. Um, <laughs> that's what we'll call these guys. Uh, they are people who are there to laugh and make jokes, but not really engage with the story or the fantasy. Uh, and that can create problems um so here's the situation for you you're in the king's court and you're talking to a magistrate and your bard says something like i'm gonna pants the magistrate dm that situation me <laughs> sure so um i i'm a big believer in if you say it you do it Okay. Um, so uh, a lot of jokey jakes will say stuff like that and go, oh, no, 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 no. And so I'll say, nope, roll a stealth roll and then roll a sleight of hand check. <laughs> and you, the guards see you approach the magistrate from behind and they slap you in irons. Awesome. And, and now we have a situation where 
character did something that was socially inappropriate in the situation, and you have to deal with those consequences, right? And if he rolled awesome on the stealth roll, and he rolled fantastic on the sleight of hand, the magistrate's pants are on the ground. <laughs> and and again, um, for me as a GM, I like to give my NPCs a little bit more depth. So if I'm if I'm a town magistrate and I have a good sense of humor, right? Sure. You know, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a I was a bard myself, and I was a practical joker as a young man, and ha. That's a great. Sometimes I'll play that. Like that's a great joke. You you really got me. This party, you're gonna go places because you've got this guy here, and he's. And other times, like, you know, it's the dwarven high king. And now his chain and, pants are on the stony floor. And and now this bard is gonna off with you know with, off with his hand. You're gonna lose your right yeah. hand, buddy. Sure. For, for for such a slight i mean um in some of those some of those things will just completely ruin the game because it's so wildly out of character right um again i, I always try to connect things to real situations so um and, and and sometimes things are funny right i mean we both love the movie Step Brothers, and they go to job interviews and they're completely inappropriate in those job interviews. And it's funny to watch that in film, yes. right? But if you're right, think think I'm gonna now switch to a different movie, right? I'm Bilbo Baggins and I'm taking the Arkenstone to the elf and right. And what John C. Riley comes out of the great the the jail cell. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, sup, knife ears, I stole this rock for you. No, that's not the the type of game that you're playing right now. And I apologize for the racial slur. Um, but you wouldn't, right, Bilbo Baggins didn't walk up to, to the elves and, and, and say flippant things, right? It was a, a moment of gravitas. I've done this, I've, I've betrayed my friend, and I'm... I want you to help me help him because I think he's he's off the rails. Um, so, you know, and and joke, yeah, sure, jokey jokesters they can they can make a game more fun. Totally. Right. And there are again, we go back to talking about genres. There are games that encourage that. Right. We we were just talking about paranoia as a quick combat paranoia is a role play game, sci-fi role play game. Um, it's, it's a dark humor game. They encourage that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, we were playing it, we were playing in a session, um, and one player, one, one player grabbed another player. So, um, clone Jed seven and clone, uh, Betty three. So, or not Betty, it was Bobby. Bobby three and, and Jed seven. Jed seven was going to go down the hallway. And Bobby three said, no, I don't want you to go down that hallway. I'm going to grab him and pull him back the way I want to pull him. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to hug him and I'm going to give him a smooch to distract him. It was jokey, jokey, right? I'm going to smooch him. And, uh, of course, 
in Alpha Complex, uh, the computer handles all reproduction through cloning. Uh, the act of procreation is treason. So both of those clones were uh, assigned sexual harassment training and they had to stop <laughs> their, the current adventure they were on and find a computer terminal to take online sexual harassment <laughs> training because they were touching each other inappropriately. That is and awesome. And saw it. And, and so that, I mean, it was jokey jokey and, and it was, it made the game even more fun. I mean, when people were like, seriously? Yes, you may, the elevator will not open. It's like, but we have to get to the, to the thing the the, you know, the, the, the cafeteria is flooding with strawberry dessert topping. We have to go fix that. It's like the elevator refuses to open until you show it your sexual harassment training completion certificate. Man. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but and that that made the game more fun and more light. So, um, but that's so if you're playing Paranoia, you talk about that sort of at the beginning, like, hey, this is something you can expect, right? Um, and like we talked about on episode one, uh, this is something that is likely to happen in session zero. You want to clarify with your players, hey, how much nonsense do you guys want? How serious do you want this to be? Do you want it to be light? Do you want it to be dark? Those are things that you should talk about in addition to do you want it to be fantasy or do you want it to be sci-fi? Right. How, how many mom jokes are you allowed and how many times can you say that's what she said? And you, you'll, you'll work all that out in session one because if you're playing a serious The One Ring and you're in Dull Goldur and you're sneaking around trying to find an orc... Um, I, I fart on the orc. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's like, no. I'll pee down no. the stairs. That way, if there's any guards, they're gonna have a really unpleasant walk coming up the stairs to kill us. Yeah. No. It, okay. Time, so time, you, time you, and a place. You take off your armor. You set it aside because you obviously don't want urine in your armor, and you start peeing. The orc hears the hears the urine coming down the stairs, and now you're fighting an orc with your pants down. <laughs> Minus three on your agility test, <laughs> right? Done. Good work. Well right. handled. Again, I I I go I like to because it. I mean, sure, it's really easy to turn around and go, stop being a jerk. We're gonna retcon all the stuff you just said. Play the game. Uh, which isn't um, fun to do. It's not fun to do. Uh, and but again, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that jokey joke jokester, the the jokey Jakes, um, again, I've observed this over time. They they are using humor to either cover up a lack of knowledge or a lack of understanding of the source material. Sometimes. Right? Sometimes. Sometimes I, I, they're I've, just sometimes they're just jerks. Sometimes they're just jerks. But I, I've seen that. Like in a vampire game, um, they're they're having their audience with the prince. And those of you that played Vampire the Masquerade know that that's a you know you're in a nightclub, you're in a very nice hotel, you're someplace fancy. Um, it's a it's a non combat area. Uh, you can't. You're not allowed to fight each other there. Uh, it's very political. There's certain ways to behave, 
right? And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to let a fart rip. It's like, um, your character wouldn't do that. Your character knows that that's going to create a number of repercussions. So, so no, right? Sure. But they, they, they're like, well, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. And I, I haven't read the source book for, for this, this game or, you know, yeah, I like vampires, but I'm not into the whole vampire, the masquerade thing. So, you know, if I was Kiefer Sutherland in Lost Boys, I'd probably, you know, I don't know, order Chinese food. It's like, okay, what? Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's I, I think sometimes that people will use that humor to fill in for Definitely. what they what their character doesn't know. Yeah. I mean, so with all of these, talk to them, right? Yeah. Uh if it you if you want to try to assess it a little bit ahead of time, is it something that bothers you as the DMGM what have you? Uh or is it a problem that impedes the fun of the table? Because sometimes the metagamers and the jokesters can bring light and good to the table, and sometimes that can be a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. But talk to that player, talk to the group. Um, and these are going to be different... This, this is going to be different if you are the new kid joining a group or playing in a store like if you're playing with strangers people tend to exhibit these behaviors a little bit more often than these are the folks that i've gone to college with or these are the folks that are my buddies that i see every saturday at my flgs right yeah. and you have a you have a a deeper relationship with the people that you're playing with right so if you go to a convention or you go and and go into a pickup game um you might be confronted more with a jokey jokester or more with a metagamer or more with a tactician um, or an alpha gamer. We haven't talked about alpha gamers yet, but um, that, that might, right. You, it's a, it's a different level based on what type of game you're playing and where you're playing it. I concur. So do we want to do we want to hit up the alpha gamer before we get into harassment? Um, is that a problem player or is that a that is a so player it, personality? Again, it it it's a player personality. Because okay. um, we can talk about is, other player personalities on another taken, show. If it's taken to an extreme, they become a a, a trouble player, troubled player. Okay. Right. Yeah. So. The, the alpha gamer is either the person who is wildly steeped in the mythos of the game that you're playing, or um, they have a deep love and knowledge of the mechanics, and they start running the table. Right? So, okay, cool. There are four goblins just on the other side of the hill. Cavalier, I want you... I think you should run up there... And throw down a challenge on the biggest goblin. Ranger, you're going to throw arrows. Cleric, get ready to hold an action to cast a spell. And I'm the wizard. I'm going to get ready with a fireball. Everybody good? Cool. And it's like, wait a minute. Go play a video I'm game. I'm the cavalier. I'm going to play my own character, thank you. Yeah. Right? Um, or you are 
we're all playing drow characters. We're in Menzo Baron's on, and we're going to talk to a matron mother. Well, you guys haven't read all the Bob Salvatore books, so let me do all of the talking. It's like, well, wait a minute. You're a barbarian, male. Shut up. A male wouldn't address a matron mother in that culture. So, no. The lady druid over there is in charge, so she gets to talk. And then maybe that... Maybe that character, maybe that player is another kind of troubled player, the wallflower, right? They don't talk. Right. Um, well, it's, so all of these are, so these are more uh, player personalities. Than troubled players? Well, I think so. And okay. I think Metagamer goes in that category as well, because it, it really is 50-50, right? I alpha-gamed during Alien. At that, like that second session, I went into. Yeah. I told Callie before I opened Discord, like, "All right, I'm gonna run this game now. Like, we know what we're doing. I yeah. know how it works. We need to get off this planet, and I'm the one who's killing aliens." Like, and I didn't get bad. I don't think. No, and and to be fair, my my group, um, my group likes the that group of players. They enjoy consensus, um, and there's they're not as assertive <laughs> as other people, other players, right? Yep. Um, so, Curse of Strahd, we spent an entire Monday putzing around in the town, and 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 the DM was like, "So you got this letter that says you got to go to this place, yeah." But, you know, I really don't like my armor. Okay, well, since you don't like your armor, we'll all go with him to the blacksmith and see if we can, you know, help him out. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a paladin, but I really don't have a magical sword. Let's go shopping. So we we spent, we literally spent three hours shopping and talking (laughs) to NPCs and drinking and and that kind of thing. And, 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 um... Some sometimes that can be fun and good and people like that. Yes. And other times it gets old. It does. Yeah. You need someone to step up and lead a little bit, which is, yeah. I think what I was trying. I didn't, I certainly didn't know the classes. Uh, and with alien, everyone's got a personal agenda and some hidden personal information yes. that, yeah. you know, you can't really tell them what they're good at as much as you can with like, Oh, the guy who's carrying the two handed ax. Yeah. We'll make him shove the rock. Like, right. Uh, I think alpha gamers who get, you know, you do this, you do that. All right. We've, we've figured it all out. Just want a video game. Yeah. Yeah. Like it. And, and if you're a, a really serious meta gamer, that might be what you want too, where you want the numbers and you want to know, you want to have the certainty of, okay, I do 80 damage. If I upgrade this piece of gear, I'll do 84 damage. Okay. Like, that can be satisfying. But that's it, well, not tabletop role-playing games. No, and and sometimes even even in the board game world, those people are a little annoying, like your Uncle Matt, who calculates probability of dice rolls for various board games using Excel and his massive math knowledge, and then it's like he's going to 
pick the optimal move based on mathematics and i just want to move the lion character because he's cool i just want to trade for a sheep i'm gonna lose <laughs> okay um, so we'll so move I, yeah well we, we can save those for types of players or player archetypes look the, the wallflower well, well, the alpha so gamer the tactic I, while we're talking while we're talking about it because we we can we can talk about it um I think alpha gaming, I don't know if there's a, a label for it, but someone who takes lots of time at the table, um, and I have a player who was worried about that after, uh, I think it was the second session that he was with us. He's playing a human bard. He is a charismatic person playing a charismatic character, so there's a little bit of ego fusion between player and character uh and sometimes it can create quite a personality and after the second session he was with us he texted me after and was like hey i'm not taking up too much of the group's time right like i want other people to be able to talk and i had to say to him no 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 no. this is a group of a, a barbarian who was raised in the mountains a barbarian who is raised uh, killing demons who has an intelligence of seven, a pixie who ran away from home who's kind of evil, and a young druid who is also a new player to the game and is sort of timid both in player and character. They need someone here to be speaking. Right. So that was okay. But there are the players sometimes who take up lots of time talking and orating and role-playing beyond the point that other players want uh, and i don't know if that's an alpha gamer or or not um but it happens sometimes just talk to them that's the that's the fix there yeah that's i mean the alpha gamer for me is the one who's telling other players how to play their character and what they should do on their turn yeah. um what you what you've described i usually call that person uh the spotlight hog Okay. Or, or the attention hoe. Like, I've written 12 pages of backstory, and I'm going to talk about all of it for the next three hours. And it's like, <laughs> we really need to fight these goat men who are coming out of the castle. <laughs> hear the our friends from the village are yelling at us from the <laughs> baskets. But, but I want to talk about my horse's armor, which I wove. Um, I hand wove this armor as I was learning to be a leather worker in my uncle's shop. All right, and all right. He had blue eyes. We and, need to move right? on with the show. Oh, <laughs> yeah, see? That's the spotlight hog. All right. Uh, so we talked about Alpha Gamer, so we can talk about Wallflowers. You mentioned them. Yeah. Um, so this is... Uh, players who don't really engage very much. And I have run a couple therapeutic gaming groups using tabletop role-playing games uh, for participants suffering from anxiety. And tabletop role-playing games are an excellent way to get people to engage. And all it takes is a little bit of that DM finagling, like a party of male characters and one female and you're all drow because that sounds really cool but only the female character gets to talk so that's that's sort of drastic for 
shoving a anxious person into a spotlight, but tools, scenarios, descriptions like that. And new players can sometimes wallflower right. a little I, bit I, too. I'm not really sure what the rules are, and I don't want to look silly, so I'm not going to ask to... to... Yeah. Can I do a insight check to see if they're lying? Yes, you certainly can. And this is sometimes where having a, a metagamer is handy because they might be able to help this person. And if they do have knowledge of their class, they can remind them of things that they've forgotten from time to time. And uh, this happened with, with Callie, who is playing uh, the druid in my group. And for the first couple of months, she was, I don't really know. Uh, and now she is into it. So I think that TTRPGs naturally sort of pull the flowers off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now do we want to jump down into harassment or harassment? Yeah. Uh, so which one harassment first or harassment? Both at the same time. Very good. <laughs> so less fun problems to solve are things that uh, are potentially damaging, threatening to real life. Uh, stuff that happens in the game is kind of okay, but even there are times where things get to go too far. There's, there's right. There, there are times in the game when people will take things too far, or um, they will create situations that exceed the thresholds you've established during session one. Right? Like, yeah. I'm gonna get the the farmer's daughter wasted, and I'm gonna bang her. I apologize for for the the image there, but we're obviously talking about non-consensual sex in a game. Yep. Right? Um, some groups are okay with that, and many groups are like, you know what? No. No, nope. sorry. Not going to happen. Um, I, I was and reading an article. I think it was on Reddit. It might have been it might have been on RPG Geek. Um where it was, they were playing in an, in a friendly local game store, and um, new person sits down. They're playing an evil character, and they want to seduce one of the other players. And the other player's like, "Man, that's really not the kind of game we're playing. Um, I'm I'm not down for that. Like, we really we really don't want to play that." Right. Um, and they just kept pushing it. So. The GM handled it, I thought, very, very well. Um, the 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 rest of the party were like, you know what, buddy, you're we're not we're not we're not partying with you, rogue. You can stay here in the inn. And the rogue was like, fine, I'll just I'll spend a night in the inn. Um, and the DM had a uh, band of Randy Dwarven miners show up and get really drunk and decide that that rogue looked like a lady and they were going to show her a good time. Wow. And, and he went through a group rape on the character who was trying to rape another player. That is not how I would solve that. And, and it was, it, it, and, and again, that created a long, huge discussion uh, about, uh, setting limits at the table and how to deal with aggressive players, and because that player was just like, I'm not playing. He ripped up his character sheet. I'm not I'm playing anymore. All right. Um, yeah. So right, that's that's like 
you're being a jerk and I'm just going to turn around and be a jerk right back to you to see, you know, here, how do you like it? How do you like it? And it's like, no. I, I don't know if I would have gone that far. No. Um, I think I think the local constabulary would have shown up and and taken this person away and been like, look, your character's been escorted to uh, the, the town stockade. Why don't you find another table to, to play at? Like your character's out of this game. Yeah, of. that's definitely something that I would handle out of game that would be a okay that you the player need to take a take a step away and yeah. decide if this is something that you can participate in um i think that solutions to to jokers alpha gamers metagamers can be in game can be sort of uh comedic and light but i would deal with this more sternly i guess it, th this is kind of a direct engagement like yeah. Human human being, okay, yep, we've got these miniatures on the table and the dice and the character sheets, and we're all imagining all these all these things, but break, break, I need to talk to you, John, you, we, we agreed in session zero, uh, no murdering children. So, yes, there is a witness to the crime. It's a seven-year-old boy. No. I'm not going to allow you to murder the the NPC, this seven year old NPC. Yeah. Right. We we agreed. Not going to happen. Find find a different way, or let's change the story, or let's do something different. But find a different table. But yeah, we gotta we that that stuff is is you want to and and again be professional, right? Yeah. Try to take emotion like. I, I I always go back to I I love I, I mean it's a little pedantic but I'll take notes from session zero and kind of treat that like a contract like okay no murdering children right no forcible uh, no non consensual sex uh, no uh, death no no um, no player versus player combat like here here this is what we've agreed to so i was kind of no phones at the table <laughs> phones at the table um whatever those things are like you know okay break break we we agreed when we started playing this game you wouldn't do this i need you to stop what you're doing right exactly uh, right and and sometimes people get caught up in the game and and they they I don't want to. I don't want to make excuses for for crapheads, but right. you know, you, this is what would happen. And yes, I'm I'm a drow female. I'm going to whip this male and then force him to do horrible things. It's like, okay, in our session zero, we said no non-consensual. This, let's just fade to black, right? Everybody sure. at the table, good with that. This is. This is happening. It's awful. It's horrible. We don't want to see it. Cut to commercial. Yeah, you can and do that if, too. And we cut back. If that's something um, that is okay for the story, then I think the cut to black is a solid solution. Yeah, when but it, if it, but if it's active harassment, then then it's you know, eh. and 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 it's, and that's hard. That. You know, you're you're fired. Get out. That that's that's yeah. We're joking around on a podcast. You're fired. You're done. Um, 
But those are hard conversations to have, right? Absolutely. They really are. But the 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 downside, the risk, the the problem of not having those conversations is that everybody else at the table starts having a really bad time, right? And then you, you might have a bad time. You are having a really bad time and you reinforce that behavior. The harasser goes, everybody's sitting here and taking it. I'm just going to keep dishing it out. Right. And you're going to wind up just not playing the game. You either get rid of the one bad egg or you just quit the whole Ruin thing. The game, yeah. 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 Um, so I saved a sort of a fun, fun one for last. Um, and you wanted to talk about breakers too. I think I grouped these together. Don't know if that's true. Yeah. So, so a breaker is someone who's just looking to break the game. Sometimes they're an alpha gamer. Sometimes they're, they're a meta gamer. Um, sometimes they're ambivalent. Sometimes they're ambivalent. They just, they don't really care. Um, that they're there, uh, they got dragged there by their friend or their significant other, they wanted to play Paranoia and everybody else wants to play Call of Cthulhu, um, and right, their ride isn't going to be there for another two hours. So they can sit in the corner and do nothing for two hours or play in your yeah. your Paranoia game, and but they're not, they're, they're, they're there to break it. Yep. Right, so... They'll use all of these tactics to just do stupid. Okay, um, I'm gonna go up and punch the goblin. You have a sword. Like we've been fighting for three rounds, and you, you know, you, now you're gonna punch the goblin. Okay. I have a personal example for this one. Oh, okay. Please don't hate me for talking about it. I'll um, try not to. <laughs> at one point in a Vampire the Masquerade game, uh, we started speaking to a, a fae that my character that i john the player did not want to interact with or deal with because i was playing vampires and i didn't want fairies in it so i tried to escape from the camaria the uh, sort of american group of vampires from that mythos to canada where i could join the sabbat which is the the anarchist group and i am a vampire so i am undead and relatively immortal so i walked from i walked on the bottom of lake champlain to canada and i i that was the that, that was the last session of that that we played that was <laughs> the last session of that that we played i wonder why that is <laughs> i'm um. sorry well, it, it that was that was a breaker, right? Like, oh, right, but we I'm didn't gonna... handle that well. I no. was whatever, fourteen, but right. But yeah, that's a breaker. That's a breaker. Like, a, hey, we're gonna do this thing. Well, according to the rules, I can walk. I I don't have to, don't breathe, have to breathe, and as long as I stay out of sunlight, I'll be fine. So I'm gonna go to the bottom of a really deep lake and just walk along the bottom, a la Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Gents, take a walk. Um, but yeah, and that was like okay. And and as a, a, again, so as a storyteller, when I saw that, and it's like this game is just going completely off the rails. 
they don't want to play like that. Yeah. And that's that's what I took away from that is like and, and that, I think that was like five or six sessions in. And, no, and so it's like, no, we had played no? a little more than that. OK, maybe like 10. But 15. but it was like it's like, yeah, I think, you know, maybe we should find a different thing to do. And yep. and I wasn't mad. I don't obviously I don't hate you for that. Right. right. No, I. Yeah. Um, I liked the game. I just didn't like the fairy, dude. Right. And I was trying to I was just trying to mix it up other than just vampire, vampire, vampire. And yeah. there might be werewolves in the woods. Don't go in the woods. Yeah, that's all right, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fun... that's a, that's your breaker. And then you got murder hobos on here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so murder hobo is the not so endearing name for a player who just wants to kill people uh, or solve problems by just killing people. So you're, oh, let's just kill the kid. He witnessed the crime. We'll just kill him. Uh, or it could be... So that's more of a player, like you mentioned. That's a player acting out more than a character acting out. Right. And people who enjoy playing murder hobos tend to build that into their characters. So I'm a chaotic, neutral, halfling wizard... And this shopkeeper isn't haggling with me. Everyone from my village haggled. I'm going to fireball the shopkeeper. Like, okay. You're going to fireball the shopkeeper because he wouldn't haggle with you. You're, you're. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to, you have to sort of identify what the cause of that is. Uh, now, there like, are, there are games that encourage that behavior. Oh, again, right? <laughs> so there are D, there Munchkin, the role Munchkin roleplay game encourages that behavior. Uh, <laughs> yes. Dungeon Crawl Classics, many of the DCC adventures are straight up dungeon crawls. I I'm going into a cave. Everything in this cave is evil and I'm going to kill them and take their stuff and move to the next room and kill whoever's in the room and take their stuff and move and to take the next their room. Stuff. Um, and so there are, I think if you have players who are in that murder hobo modality, pick the right, don't, don't pick a fifth edition D and D module that has a lot of social interaction and puzzles and, and problem solving, yeah. right? Unless the problem solving can be done with the pointy end of a sword, right? Pick, you can pick the as the DM, pick the right adventure to fit your murder hobo group. Now, if you've if you decided to play a game and you've got one murder hobo in the group, um, again, you can have that conversation out of character and say, "Look, I know you like to play the murder hobo, but we're playing Skull and Shackles. You've been press ganged onto a pirate ship." You have no weapons. You're level one, and every pirate around you is level seven. If you start something, they're just going to kill you, and you get to roll a new character tomorrow for the next session. Yeah. So, tone it down. And you right? can do that, right? So give you, you the player tone it down, or you do the in-game. Right. Yeah, you murdered that shopkeeper. The guards are gonna come and arrest you, and you're gonna be hanged for destruction of a public building and murder. Right. 
you you have started a fire in a town built primarily out of timbers. Big womps. Yes. And so, right, whatever the adventure was, we now have an episode of Law and Order, Faerun, <laughs> and you've got to defend yourself as to why you decided to kill this guy because he wouldn't give you 5% off. Right. Which you could do if you are playing in a group at a law school. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I like the I like the in-game consequences for dealing with with murder hobos where <laughs> you know, oh, you're going to be hanged. It gives that player an opportunity to get out of their character and roll a new one that hopefully their character doesn't want to do, do those things. Right. Or if the whole party wants to jump on board with that, everybody could save them at the hanging, a la Pirates of the Caribbean, and but then but then we mix in because you've got alignments in your description here, and we haven't talked about alignment, right? I mean, sure. if if you are a lawful, good character, right? Mm -hmm. I, I as a DM, I am a jerkwad when it comes to lgs yeah. right uh, if if you are if you are in a town you are not going to start a fight period dot you, period you, dot we're not gonna i'm gonna that the shopkeeper is not giving me a good deal i'm gonna punch him in the nose no you're not no you're not Assault is a crime. You're a lawful good character. You wouldn't hurt another person and you want to follow the law. Punching someone in the nose, no bueno. Yeah. Now, um, neutral good character, same thing. If if any any if you've got a G in your alignment, right, you are going to be nice to people. Yes. Right? Yeah. People. So, so You're not going to be nice to goblins and orcs and, and demons and ghosts, right? Chaotic evil characters are kind of, that's fair game for you to, to beat them up and take their stuff. But even, and I've done this a long time ago, a lawful good character, if you roll a, a break test, a, a psychological break test, and, and they start fleeing, combat's over, hmm. right? I'm fighting six orcs. We've we've knocked we've knocked two unconscious. We've killed one, right? That's fifty percent of the the opposing force has been neutralized. I'm gonna roll their morale. Yep, they they drop their stuff and run away. Yep. And and okay, so we're out of combat. It's like, well, wait a minute. I'm gonna. I've still got an arrow knocked. I'm gonna get one as he's running. No, you're not. You're chaotic good. You're not going to kill another creature that's fleeing. So we could probably do a whole episode on alignment. Yes, but, we should. We should do an episode on alignment. Uh, potentially. Um, I think... Because I think you and I have disagreements about alignment. Yep, all right. Put it there at the bottom for a future episode, alignment. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm going to say it because it's stuck in my brain. If you were talking about a, a lawful good character not punching that shopkeeper in the face, a neutral good character 
who witnesses a smelly oyster merchant on the docks spit into the face of a little girl might punch that guy. Sure. <laughs> so he might. He might. He might. He might. Uh, so no, we should, we totally should have an episode on alignments because now I want to ask all sorts of questions about it. So sure. we'll do that. We'll do that in the future for sure. We will do that in the future. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a, I'm like I said, I'm a bastard with alignments as a DM. Yeah. If, if you write it down and that's your, your alignment, then you, there is a whole ethical framework and a philosophical outlook, right? Right. Um, that you have signed up for as your character this and, is why most people are just neutral good or true neutral which i think is a cop-out yes and no but that's uh, alignment but, episode <laughs> right we'll save that for the alignment episode so uh we've talked about metagamers jokers alpha gamers wallflowers spotlight hogs dealing with harassment murder hobos breakers are there anything you said tactician earlier, but I think that's, that's relatively a, that's a player archetype. That's, that's like the, so there are players. So we talked about these problem gamers. Um, there's probably a kinder, gentler episode that we could do that talks about just player archetypes, mm -hmm. like your method actor, your tactician, your min maxer, your uh, seduction Right, your seduction, your your ego stroker. I'm playing this character because it makes me feel better about some of my own life choices, that kind of thing. That's, it's important. We should all be doing that. It's important to know how to identify those archetypes, and then as a as a great DM, know how to feed the right stimulus to the right type of player. Yeah. But again, that's another whole, that's a player type episode. Sure. This, these are people who are causing trouble at your table. Right. Which I wanted to address early on, because if you're listening to this and you, you know, listen to session, uh, episode one and you thought, okay, I'm going to find a group episode two. Okay. We had our session zero. If this is your first time playing a tabletop role-playing game, I would bet money that you have already run into some issue with at least one of your players and hopefully some of this serves to illuminate some of the uh stronger or more common a few of the most common and a few of the most dangerous types of, and it, of people. it's best to nip it early right definitely i mean that, that's why that's why this show is early in the rotation is because just like we said at the top of this communicate and communicate in a professional logical manner with as little emotion as you can right <laughs> be the computer yeah well you don't have to be the computer but don't get into like yelling matches and name calling and that kind of stuff just be like look man we agreed to a b and c you're doing x y and j and c and c you got to leave X, Y, X and Y on the table. And maybe we can talk about this other topic, but you yeah. want to, you want to engage and, and, and move on from this kind of stuff. Yep. Relatively quickly. Quickly. 
yeah. ultimately, so I guess in summary, the things that you really want to, to think about as you are catering an experience for your players and yourself, is everybody having fun? Do your, are your players having fun? Do they feel safe at the table? Do they feel safe with you as the DM? Because if you are creating situations where harassment can occur, you're kind of part of the problem. Are you having fun? Do you feel safe? Are players threat? Hey, if you if my character dies, I'm going to be so pissed. And you know he's sitting there with a pencil in his hand and a beer mug in the other. And you don't know what he would do if he does accidentally fall. Like, you want everybody to be having fun and you want everybody to feel safe. And if that's the case, then keep playing. So player versus character. You want the player to feel safe, right? You yes. want the player to yes. have a good time. Um, characters, they get what they get, baby. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah, I'm going to run up and give that xenomorph a hug. He looks sad. Okay. <laughs> you, you're, you're in a world of hurt. The right. characters in a world of hurt. Player, yeah, we're having a good time and it's fun. Exactly. Right. If they're not, right? Oh, I'm gonna push that other player into the xenomorph so I can run away. Is that... would your character do that? Yes, he would. Okay. Well, Done. is that a problem for you as the DM? Like, oh man, I want my players to work together, and I didn't create an encounter where that was encouraged. Probably not in that scenario. Uh, is that a personal problem for one player? I'm just doing that so that other player can't play anymore deal with it that's a problem that's is a it, problem is it well he's gonna roll another character and he's gonna be back next week so good job right so deal with the player not the right. character not the character right. and that's an important thing to for for you the dm to separate you really want your players to not separate the two which is why sometimes these things happen right but uh if it is creating problems for your group dynamic uh, solve it and move on to having fun yes because that's why you do this right that's why you play any game baseline is to have fun bottom of the bottom of the maslow's hierarchy for games have fun it's not pretzels <laughs> it's not pretzels damn it <laughs> we should um we should do that we should make a maslow's hierarchy of games do we know anyone named Maslow? So uh, Maslow's hierarchy I, of human I'm, needs is a I'm psychology teasing. thing. Yes, um, I am teasing you. That's why I said pretzels, right? Food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think unless you have any closing thoughts about the people that we've talked to, talked about, or the types of people rather, because it's you know, it's not a hundred percent their fault. That's, no, a, it's not that's an entire psychology degree. That couldn't be a podcast. Not yet, at least. No, but no, I, I think we're good. I think we've we've hit the, the big high marks. And then the, 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 the bottom line is fun. Right, right. right. The, as much as it, I would enjoy some pretzels right now, the bottom <laughs> line is have fun. Fun and communication. If you've taken nothing else away, it's talk to people at your table. Be a mature adult. Yes. Or a mature child, you know? It's, it's how I try to live. <laughs> so, right. 
Thank you for listening. Uh, if you would like to comment on the show or would like to ask a question, uh, please tweet at me on Twitter at jmscoda5, or you can tweet at Red Hoodie Games. I try to check those as much as I can, so if you have questions for us, uh, feel free to ask them and we will address them on a future show. Uh, please follow, like, comment however you can, however you're viewing uh, all of that. And if you would like to support us any more, you can do so at patreon.com skoda. That's S-K-O-D-A. Uh, that's going to do it for Set the Table Episode 3, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Good day.